This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason. For pure political theater, it will be hard to beat Pennsylvania during the 2020 campaign. The Keystone State will be, well, key to an electoral college victory. President Donald Trump knows it. That may be why he has visited it six times since taking office, including to Montersville in the north central part of the state on May 20th. He won't be alone, though. The current Democratic frontrunner, former Vice President Joe Biden, was born in Scranton, represented neighboring Delaware in the Senate for decades, and he opened his official campaign headquarters in Philadelphia on May 18th. Pennsylvania's long been a swing state in presidential politics, and Democrats' ability to flip several Republican seats in 2018 paved the way for them to retake the majority in the House. Pennsylvania is a mega state with 12.8 million people and 20 electoral votes. Its median household income of about $56,000 puts it right well on the median. CQ Roll Call's White House reporter John Bennett was on the road at the president's rally. He interviewed voters and took the temperature of a very Republican-friendly part of the state. He also went down to Allentown, the state's third largest city. It's a little over two hours away from Montersville, but it's very much a different place, culturally especially. It's a classic swing district in a swing state. And a little later on, we'll switch gears for an At the Races segment and talk to politics reporter Simone Pathé about the politics of impeachment. It's all the talk on Capitol Hill, but do Democrats want to go there? We'll start with John. John, welcome back. And let's talk about why Pennsylvania is the center of the political universe, at least for right now. Well, the 2020 election, by all uh, by all serious accounts and predictions, this thing may come down to one state. And Pennsylvania looks to be kind of in that bullseye. Um, it it, it is shaping up as kind of a perfect storm given how divided the state is. And I was up in, in Trump country, kind of in north central Pennsylvania in Lycoming County where he held a rally um, between Williamsport and, and Montersville at the airport there. Uh, the Monday. Williamsport International Airport. I would very, a very small venue. Um, uh, but they, the, the Trump campaign likes those venues. They're small. They're intimate. Uh, they have to use the smaller Air Force One. But I will say... It is it is great stagecraft the way they set up the stage, um, especially in kind of these these mountainous areas, semi mountainous areas like Williamsport and Montersville. Um, there were two peaks right behind the hangar, um, and, and and the stage is there with the with the podium with the seal on it, um, and Air Force One rolls in to classic rock. Uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC was the choice on Monday. And they park Air Force One just over the president's right shoulder, and you've got the peaks, and it it becomes twilight. It is it is effective stagecraft, and and one thing inside the hangar, and they do this at most of the rallies when Air Force One kind of enters the airspace proper of the area, they begin piping in the traffic between the cockpit 
on Air Force One and the tower. So you hear all like, the coordinates. It's like Santa Claus on on the the exactly. NORAD uh, right. you know radars right. on Christmas Eve, right? And and the crowd goes nuts. It just goes wild. The so the president won Pennsylvania uh, very narrowly, under one percent of the vote in 2016 against Hillary Clinton. Democrats had been, you know, racking up a lot of wins at the presidential level up until that point for the last few decades. He won it. He is obviously spending a lot of time there. Uh, this was his sixth trip, as you mentioned in in one of your stories. But Montersville and Williamsport uh, are not really going to be the decisive factors necessarily in Pennsylvania. It's going to be other parts of the of the state, which you also visit. You also visited Lehigh County, which is where Allentown is. This is like almost an archetypal swing district. This is not heavily Republican territory. Right. Uh, Democrats have, have eked out wins there narrowly uh, over mm-hmm. the last few uh, presidential election cycles. What was, I mean, you didn't go to a rally. Um, right. the, the, the Vice President Joe Biden kicked off his campaign in Philadelphia two days before uh, the president did his rally in Montresville on Monday. You didn't go to a big rally like that, but is there a different feel about pe- the way people view the election coming up in a place like, you know, Allentown? Absolutely. And and being up in, 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 in Lycoming County, um, you know, let's be honest here, it, it very uh, white area, just demographically. The first thing you notice, it really struck me as, you know, you get off, off, off the interstate, the highway there, and you pull into Allentown proper, you you the diversity the, the the racial and ethnic diversity is so different just two and a half hours away from 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 where we were Monday and and so that really hits home and that really did set the stage and you know I, I tried to keep this simple and just I just got out of the car and grabbed my notebook and, and started chatting with folks um, some folks didn't want to talk, and this was this was more actually uh, more true in Allentown than it was up north. People in the northern part of the state really wanted to talk about President Trump, um, but but people in Allentown, you know, they were like, uh, be- because their family members and their coworkers and their friends are so split, they didn't want to be quoted. So it was a challenge. Um, it took a little while to get some momentum in Allentown. I thought that was interesting. But that reflects how divided, as you said, the county is. And, and, and that could be the kind of county that flips the whole state mm-hmm. in, in 2020 toward, toward Trump or whoever the Democratic nominee is. But in Allentown, what I found was um, even the folks I talked to who were Trump supporters, they want him to cut out things like the tweets, uh, the inflammatory rhetoric, probably things like we saw uh, this morning when the president blew up an infrastructure meeting at the White House and then came out to the Rose Garden, uh, gave impromptu uh, remarks, blasting real, real Democrats. Real-life tweeting, uh, right. some people call yeah, it. It, real, it, yeah. it often feels that way. So, and and so, so, so there, even the Trump supporters understand that when he does things like the tweeting, the Iran tweet threatening the end of the country over the weekend, a lot of people didn't like that. The official who end. The, the official country. end of the whole country, <laughs> whatever that means. And then things like today, they understand... That doesn't get things done for them, for the people. So even the Trump supporters don't like that. And that's a different uh, than up north uh, in the northern part of the state where folks said he's doing what he has to do. 
So one one of the things that I th- it really has put Pennsylvania in a lot of focus, obviously, too, is that the president knows how important it is to his reelection campaign. Democrats obviously know that it's important, too. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Biden, the former vice president, who is the you know current Democratic frontrunner, at least at this early stage of the race, is from Scranton. I believe Democrats want to unify this nation. That's what our party's always been about. Even though he represented Delaware in the United States Senate, uh, for for more than three decades, he you know he has always sort of harkened back to his roots in Scranton. And there was a point where at the rally on Monday night, the president tried to sort of uh, you know sort of cast uh, some some doubts about whether Biden was really one of them. He he said that uh, don't forget Biden deserted you. He's not from Pennsylvania. I guess he was born here, but he left you, folks. He left you for another state. It's kind of funny because he was 10, you know, when, when the family, when the Biden family went to Delaware. And, and then, you know, the vice president responded in kind on, on Twitter and said, my father had to leave because the mines had closed. And, he said, and, and then said, you know, this isn't something that Donald Trump will understand. So we're really seeing just at a very early level, Pennsylvania, which we always pay attention to at a House level, a mm-hmm. Senate level, governor's races and so forth. But this is just, I mean, it, it is clearly in focus, is clearly going going to be part of the equation until November 2020, I'm guessing. Yeah, I've talked to political strategists and and operatives uh, on both sides of the aisle, and they have all said Trump cannot win a second term without Pennsylvania. It's that important that that the puzzle he's got to put together, say he loses a a Michigan and a Wisconsin, but replaces it with a Nevada or or something like that. Um, He has to have the Pennsylvania piece read. They all say that. And Trump said Monday night he assured the crowd he's going to be back a lot as the campaign goes on. And he really has no choice. But it's that important. He needs those electoral votes. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be a tough fight. And, and Joe Biden knows that. He's can't, as, as we've mentioned, um, he's going to headquarter his campaign in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. Right. which is about 30 miles from his house in Wilmington. So it's right. an easy commute. Right. <laughs> right. right. Let's jump on the Amtrak. Right. Um, so. This is going to be one of the major stages we're we're going to see uh, both of we're going to see all the candidates there a lot. And when we get to the general election, be it Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, whoever, um, you're going to see the Democrat there a lot, too. Um, You know, folks in the in in the safe Trump part of the state, um, they 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 said they're not concerned about Biden. But just about everyone, when when I brought it up and asked the question, there was a pause, sometimes a long breath. And then, of course, you know, they they, they said they think uh, they don't think he has a chance of taking down their boss. And I said, but would do you think Biden would be a tough out? And a lot of people uh, at least I at least I got a nod on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 down in in the 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 more purple part of the state down in Allentown, uh, people definitely think Biden uh, has more than just a puncher's chance to take out Trump. They think uh, they think Biden would be would be among the best candidates uh, to beat Trump. And I was surprised. I I did pick up uh, some some Bernie Sanders vibes uh, down in Allentown, which I, I didn't necessarily expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton, as you said, did win the county last time. Very different kind of candidate than Bernie Sanders. So, you know, a long way to go here, uh, but those are the kinds of places uh, to keep an eye on. And neighboring Northampton County, Trump won that narrowly last time, uh, but, but that's gettable. 
that's going to be gettable for both candidates because it's very much like Lehigh County. Uh, it, it's more diverse. Um, it, it, it's, all, it's always a battleground county, and that'll be gettable too. So before we wrap this up, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, like you're, you know, you, you live here, you cover the White House, you're at the executive mansion almost every day, at least every workday, uh, if you're not on Capitol Hill. And, I mean, you've gotten accustomed to the way the president works and, and speaks and so forth in, in these official settings. What was the biggest difference? What was the biggest thing that you took away? There is an immediate um, uh, pushback. There's an immediate um, facial change when you ask a question in a certain way that, is either critical of the president, and and I also covered President Obama. I asked plenty of questions of people that were, that were critical of President Obama. That's our job. They don't necessarily see it that way in Trump country. Um, there, it's just this, this guttural and instant rejection of anything critical of President Trump. Uh, for the most part, you do have some of his supporters who who don't like the the, the tweeting, for instance, or or don't like um, when he threatens nuclear war, for instance. They they think he should tone that back. But it's just that instant pushback. And also, you know, as someone who's been watching this for a while now, you can close your eyes in Williamsport, and it feels like you're inside a Fox News studio. Well, uh, again, welcome back from Thank Pennsylvania. It's good to have you back, and uh, I'm looking, we're looking forward to your, your further dispatches both here in Washington and on the road. Thanks. We're now going to turn to our At the Races segment here on Political Theater. My colleague Simone Pathé is going to discuss the politics of impeachment. Simone, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. We're also going to play a little clip uh, from the Wayback Machine uh, that we have prepared to uh, sort of uh, as a little primer on our short discussion here. We've just witnessed a partisan vote that was a disgrace to our country and our Constitution. (laughs) Chairman Henry Hyde once called impeachment the ultimate weapon and said that for it to succeed, ultimately it has to be bipartisan. The fact that a vote as important as this occurred in such a partisan way violated the spirit of our democracy. That was Richard Gebhardt, the uh, Democrat from Missouri who was the House Minority Leader at the time that President Clinton was impeached. He was speaking on the day that the Republican-led House impeached President Clinton. And I, I just wonder if Democrats are looking back on that. Some Democrats are looking back on that and saying, we classified this as a very partisan exercise, uh, you know, in, in 1998. And if we don't get the kind of widespread buy-in from other people across the aisle, like the, we, we are in danger, perhaps, maybe Nancy Pelosi is thinking of having our members exposed to the same sort of charges, that they're politicizing something uh, that, again, it's a, it's a political process. Are you getting that sense from talking to members, particularly members who were, uh, you know, are Democrats who flipped Republican districts, Simone? Yeah, I think that's been the prevailing conventional wisdom is that impeachment would end up backfiring on Democrats in 2020, it would make them look like they're obstructing, that they're overplaying their hand. I think the question now is really is, um, is there a political risk to them not moving towards impeachment? You know, is there a possibility of turning off the base that they also really need to turn out in 2020? 
so, I mean, some of these, they're called frontline members, you know, people who are the most vulnerable Democrats. They're, they're targets of the Republican campaign arms. Uh, what are they saying? I mean, you, uh, you spoke to Katie Hill, uh, who's a Democrat uh, in California who flipped a Republican seat that held by Steve Knight uh, in the last year. What, what are, what's somebody like she uh, saying about this? So she is not yet ready to call for impeachment proceedings to begin. I, I've been kind of on the fence, um, but, you know, I, I understand both sides and I, I want to see how it plays out over the next week or two um, before I'm ready to kind of take that step. Um, but she is definitely moving towards the position that, that something might need to happen just from sort of a, a moral position. And, and the fact that um, a lot of these members were elected as a check on President Trump. You know, Democrats love to talk about how health care and the economy was the message that won the majority in 2018 and will be their winning message again in 2020. But as a lot of Democrats like to, to call it, Trump was kind of the mood music to all of that in 2018, right? And so you wouldn't have had a lot of these districts flipping if he had not been in the background and a lot of these Republican voters had not been looking for a check on the president. Well, um, thank you for reporting out the story and, and talking about it a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's one of those sticky issues that's going to be with us for, well, probably until November 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's going to wrap up our, our At the Races segment. Thank you very much, Simone. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Political Theater. You can get in touch with us if you have any questions or comments about our podcast. We'd love to hear from you at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. And thank you for listening. You can subscribe to this and other CQ Roll Call podcasts on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, including John's and Simone's, you can please visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. <laughs>